How do you know if you have a rectus diastasis that's Dr. Roxanne's From the Columbus Dispatch, this is Roxy, Rise and Fall of the TikTok Doc. I'm Max Philby. Roxy Plastic Surgery, 10034. It's the blue sign. That says Roxy Plastic Surgery on it. It's still here. It's hard to get out. Step four o'clock on Wednesday in October. It's a brick building. Let's walk up to it. It's a brick building. It almost looks kind of like a bank. It's got shutters, white windows. You've got the Roxy logo um, over top of the door that you walk inside. Be Foxy is written on the inside. Something that she told her patients, or supposedly called her patients, was uh, Foxy's, Roxy's, Foxy's. I mean, all in all, it's just like a standard, like, little brick building. Um, you know, it's kind of off of a business area up here in Powell. There's a funeral home across the street. Orthopedic, yeah. But, yeah, it looks pretty normal, other than, honestly, the only unusual thing, really, is kind of the, the empty parking lot, truly. Three thousand one hundred and forty-four days. That's how much time went by between the day Mary Jenkins filed a lawsuit against Dr. Catherine Roxanne Growey in 2014 and when the state suspended Growey's medical license, November 18, 2022, forcing Roxy Plastic Surgery to halt operations. Beth Banadam, another one of Growey's patients, takes stock of that time in a different way. Beth measures that time in the number of surgeries she had to fix everything, she says the plastic surgeon screwed up. In fact, she had 10 surgeries over the course of 21 months. You know, I trusted what she was telling me, but by a couple surgeries in, I realized, holy shit, this is a really, this is a really big deal. And what if, what if this can't ever get fixed? Beth met Growie in 2014. She had just tested positive for the BRCA gene a known precursor for breast cancer. Her mom died at the age of 39 of breast cancer, and the disease ran in her family. After she tested positive for the gene, Beth knew she needed to get proactive, so she decided to get a double mastectomy. But there was one thing Beth was dead set on. I didn't want to wake up with no boobs. I didn't want that to happen. Growie at the time was doing immediate reconstruction. So you would have a mastectomy and in the same surgery, then she would come in and do implants. In April, 2014, Beth underwent a double mastectomy. Just as she had wished, Beth woke up and her breast reconstruction was already finished. She spent one night in the hospital. Everything seemed fine and she was released to go home. But a few months passed, and it seemed like Beth's left breast wasn't healing. In June of 2014, Beth discovered her left breast had an infection. She went to Growie's office, but was told the surgeon was on vacation. So Beth went to see another doctor. Growie spoke to this new doctor by phone, and she told him to remove the implant, wash it, and put it back in. So that's what he did. Beth went to see Growie for a follow-up appointment 
and again, everything seemed fine. Then, several weeks later, she was suffering from yet another infection. Beth underwent another surgery by Growie and had a new implant placed. For a third time, Beth's breast became infected. At that point, it became clear she just wasn't shaking the infection. So the implant was removed once again, but it couldn't be replaced until the infection was cleared. Beth had been adamant about wanting to have immediate reconstruction after her double mastectomy. She felt like it was a sick joke that she found herself in the exact position she had tried so desperately to avoid. So this is where I like to say that God has a sense of humor because instead of having going with no boobs, I only had one. So I had to go six months with nothing. Beth had to go see an infectious disease doctor. The infection was so bad that she had to give herself drip IV antibiotics for six weeks. Come January 2015, Beth was finally infection-free. She went to see Growie again. Growie placed another left implant in Beth. On Sunday, February 1st, 2015, Beth realized her left breast was suffering from a fourth infection. She called her oncologist that day and asked the doctor to get her in somewhere pronto. She needed to get the implant out of her, she told the doctor. I don't care what you have to do. Get me in somewhere. Get this out of me. Like, she's never touching me again. And the next day was Groundhog Day. So that was like the running joke is it's Groundhog Day all over again. Although Beth's nightmare seemed like it might finally be coming to an end, she still had to deal with the fallout of it all. She was worried insurance wouldn't cover every procedure, which ultimately cost hundreds of thousands of dollars. One day, while reading the dispatch in 2016, she stumbled upon a headline that said, Jury awards $358,000 to woman for botched breast reconstruction surgery. Without even reading the story, Beth said she knew it had to be about Growie. The story Beth saw was about the lawsuit Mary Jenkins had filed against Growie. Beth considered filing a lawsuit herself, but when she contacted attorneys, she found out that it wouldn't be possible. For many of the women who were hurt, they waited too long to make a claim against Growie because in Ohio, there's a one-year statute of limitations for medical malpractice claims. You know, it's a very short statute uh, for, to make claims against a physician. That's Jim Arnold, a Columbus-based attorney. He didn't represent Beth, but he did represent another patient of Growie's in a lawsuit. More from Jim in a later episode. I want to pause here for a second. I'd like to point out something about the lawsuit that Mary Jenkins filed and Beth read about in the dispatch. My unnamed source, who used to work for the state medical board, told me the board would have been notified when this lawsuit was first filed in 2014. The source said it could have triggered some sort of action. At the very least, it may have led the board to send a letter of caution to Growie. I asked board spokeswoman Jerrica Stewart 
for a copy of such a letter, if it existed. Here's my colleague, Danae King, reading the response I got back from her. Caution letters are a part of the complaint investigative process and are confidential under Ohio Revised Code. Malpractice suits are regularly reported to the medical board by the National Practitioner Data Bank and may or may not trigger the opening of a complaint. If the board does not open a complaint and the findings of an investigation support that violations have occurred, the board may move forward with pursuing disciplinary action of a license. If a complaint does not rise to the level of board discipline, the board may send a letter of caution to the licensee to inform them of the board's awareness of the reported behavior and recommend additional education and training. In other words, if the medical board did send Growey a letter in 2014, it isn't public record. And if the board took no formal vote to discipline Growey back when Mary Jenkins filed her lawsuit almost a decade ago, there's no way for me to find out if the board recommended any remediation. Beth said that Growey left her with lasting mental and physical scars. And while Beth was dealing with infections, she said were caused by her surgery, she was getting out of a long-term relationship and trying to start a new job. She called it a really dark period in her life. Despite what happened, Beth said there was a silver lining to her whole ordeal with the doctor. On the last visit to Growey's since-shuttered office, Beth said she waited in an exam room that she hadn't been in before. Adorning one wall of the room was a sign that stuck out to Beth. It said, Today I will choose joy. Beth asked her friend to take a picture of the sign. She thought she might need its reassuring words again someday. Ever since then, the word joy has sort of become Beth's mantra. Her license plate at one point read, Choose Joy. All around her Dublin home are signs with the word in it, including one that says, Worry is the thief of joy. And I tried to, through all of this, find the joy in it and think, okay, there is a lesson in this. There is, And I, I figured out, like, when you think you cannot go through anymore, and it's just more and more and more, and I survived. So, I, you know, there's a sign that says joy. Like, every room of the house, you'll see, a, see joy because it's a choice. And if I didn't make that choice, I never would have survived it. After her operations with Growey, Beth said she stopped paying attention to the doctor. She was traumatized, and she just wanted to move on with her life. It wasn't until 2020 that Beth discovered Growey achieved TikTok fame. Beth was stunned and befuddled. She didn't understand why anyone would be interested in seeing videos straight from the operating room, or why someone would choose a plastic surgeon based on social media. Even though it had been years since she was last treated by Growey, Beth said it still felt very raw and very personal. Have you ever had the chance to confront her? or What, 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 what would you say if you did, I guess? If I saw her now, I, I would absolutely say, I am so glad you finally got what you deserved. Back before all of this, when it was all much more raw, I am quite sure I would have cussed her out and just, yeah, 
Beth watched the July medical board meeting where the state revoked Growie's license to practice. She expected to see some contrition from Growie. Instead, Beth was shocked when Growie complained that the medical board's punishment was too severe and that it had taken a toll on her family. I would never advocate for bullying her kids. I'm not saying that. But, girl, you lost everything because of what you did, not because of what people are doing to you. And I just, she's never taken ownership that I've seen. The same day Growie lost her medical license, Beth gathered with friends for dinner and drinks. It wasn't that she was celebrating Growie's demise. It was more that she felt like Growie's patients finally got the justice they needed. Growie was getting a dose of her own medicine, Beth said, and perhaps a little bit of karma, too. Still, one part of Growie's defense before the medical board kept gnawing at Beth. Growie, with her thousands of followers on social media, insisted that her fans had dubbed her Dr. Roxy, rather than it being a pseudonym she came up with herself. That just wasn't true, Beth said. Nobody ever referred to her as Dr. Growie. She was Roxy. And it was she was every bit of that persona. And I think everything she did built it up. Like she she did everything she could to to increase that. It just took that long to catch up with her. Neither Catherine, Roxanne, Growie, nor her attorney responded to requests to comment. Next time on Roxy, Rise and Fall of the TikTok Doc. I can see all my video where she's talking to the camera and she's not looking at the implant. We'll talk to a patient still dealing with surgical complications who had video of her procedure posted to social media. If you had been more of a doctor than a social media personality, you might still have your license and your patients might not have had their complications. Read more stories and hear additional victim voices by visiting dispatch.com slash Dr. Roxy. This podcast is a production of the Columbus Dispatch. To support more local journalism like this podcast, subscribe to the Columbus Dispatch by visiting subscribe.dispatch.com.